Salt and Rock would like to thank one of our friends, SGR Photography. You can reach out to SGR Photography at SGR Photo Co. on Instagram. My wife and I just had family photos done, and SGR does a great job. Give Stephanie a call, and she'll hook you up. So today, the third part of our David series uh, is Samuel. And if you are following along at home, you may notice that we started from his last ally and worked our way backwards. I know. Um, (laughs) We had a reason for doing that. The reason we're doing that is uh, having Samuel as the last ally we talk about, we're able to expound on what happened with Samuel, and we can see the other two allies without having that influence from Samuel because they wouldn't have known what Samuel had had set up for David. And so we didn't want it to cloud what we thought of those two allies because right. they're three independent allies. A lot of times God works in that, that way where you, you have multiple people doing things that work together and they're not aware of the other cogs in the, in the machine. So, um, so this week we're talking about Samuel. Um, I think it's important to go into Samuel's background. Before David, he had a, a pretty extensive life, born to a mother who had no children. He was an answered prayer. Um, that sounds like an answer to a prayer. Yep. Hannah prayed to be given a, a child, and God heard her prayer and answered it and gave her Samuel. Part of the vow that she made if God would give her a child was that she would she would dedicate his life to serving the Lord, so he ended up becoming a priest, which later became a gatekeeper and then a high priest. Serving the Lord. Serving the Mom Lord. Mom gave him away, gave him up, and said, use him to uh, his best ability. He actually seceded Eli as the high priest. Well, we have to remember, in Israel, the 12 tribes were hard to manage at best. I don't want to get to name-calling and finger-pointing, but they, they were tough. <laughs> Uh, they didn't listen well. Initially, God didn't want to give them a king um, because he wanted to be their king. But they kept asking for and one. They kept asking for one. Um, begging for one, actually. Until he finally gave in to that, um, which is part of Samuel's life later. We have judges. There were 15 judges during this time period pre-king. Samuel was the last one. A lot of, lot of big names on that list. Uh, Samson was a judge, which I didn't know. Um, didn't know we've that. heard the story of Samson and Delilah, Samson the... Uh, Mighty Samson. There's a song about it. Didn't didn't realize he was judge. I just thought he was you know Israel's strongest man. man. He was competing in uh, strongest strongest man probably against the predecessor to the Schwarzeneggers. Gideon was a judge. Japheth was a judge. Moab, Shamgar, Ehud, Deborah, and Barak. A lot of lot of names we've heard of. Some of them that I hadn't heard of, but. Eli was the the 14th judge. And so kind of knowing what a judge is is probably helpful. It's not what we think of as a judge. It's not somebody sitting in a courtroom with a gavel. It's it's a high priest, so it's the spiritual leader. Political leader. Uh, political leader. A lot of times it's the military leader. Samuel was right. lucky um, that he wasn't. Uh, a milita- he wasn't known for his military prowess. I don't think that he actually participated in any military battles. Um, he had Saul to start that for him. Right. Um, and then, you know, set David up for that too. So uh, it's wild that of the 15 judges, the one with the most peaceful time anoints the two kings that are probably the most the most talked about in the Bible. Yeah, well, and the most wartime kings. Right. So uh, l- a little 
a little bit of an oxymoron there, but he becomes uh, a judge and he helps with that transition to monarchy because the what you see with the judges, the first few did a really uh, did a pretty good job of keeping the Israelites in line. But basically, what you have to remember is that we've got twelve tribes and they're like there was twelve brothers. So imagine having twelve brothers running around, or eleven doing brothers the same, running around. Whatever they want to do, you're going to fight. However you're going to bicker. You're yeah. going to argue. You're never going to get along. You're going to, you know, family fighting. Somebody walks in that's not related to you. Three or four of the brothers are going to gang up on that guy. I mean, it's this is what Israel was at this point, right? Uh, so you've got you've got twelve brothers that have a whole lineage. It's the same thing: quarreling, bickling, bickering with their cousins, with their second cousins, with their uncles, everybody. I mean, right. it's they're just they're hard to get along. Hard hard for everybody to get along. I can imagine. I only have two sisters, so right. And I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna even knock them for that because there's a lot of differing opinions there. So I I understand where that where that's at. But it was hard to get them united. We had judges that would step in, and a lot of times these fifteen these fifteen judges may only be a part of or may only be in charge of like three or four tribes or six tribes or a certain area because it's God would raise up a judge to fix a problem. Okay. So these hundreds of years in here where we have these 15 judges, they may serve for 20 years, they may serve for 40 years, they may serve for five years, but they're raised up when they, when they need to be, kind of like Esther for such a time as this. So God puts them in, in their place where they need to be so that they can fix whatever the issue at that that time is. What we see when we go through the book of Judges um, leading up to Samuel, the 14 judges before him kind of progressively got worse. First three were pretty good. And then, you know, you have Samson who was out banging Delilah, you know, <laughs> uh, you got Samson that's out here chasing this, this non Israelite woman yep. um, who constantly is challenging him, tries to figure out how, how to, to kill him, how to kill him. I mean, there's there's a story in that, <laughs> which will probably get cut probably, out right. in case my wife listens to this. Um, so Samson's chasing Delilah, who's hearing this story, looking back at it. I don't understand how he didn't see it. We're blinded, man. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times we're blinded by so, by what's going on when we are searching for something that we're not supposed to right. be having in and, the first place. And I think that's the thing. So as the high priest, that's definitely not something that uh, right. Samson should be done. So that's just one example of how the, how the judges kind of got off the, the path that God had appointed for him. Um, Samuel is brought in. He kind of rides the ship. He doesn't go to war. He does a lot of peaceful stuff. Um, he seems to listen to God better than some of the other judges. I, I think he listens pretty well when we get into some of the stuff we're going to um, talk about today. We see Samuel's life from beginning to end, basically. And we're never po- we don't ever see it pointed out where he drops the ball. Right. I would so agree. It looks like he's a good and faithful servant. Looks like he's doing what he's called to do. Yeah. So from this judge position, he's told that he needs to appoint the king. And if I, I could be mistaken on this, don't quote me. I'm not a Bible scholar, but I'm pretty didn't God say You're not? No. Okay. Didn't God say, I don't I don't want you to have a king, but you keep demanding a king, so I'm gonna give you a king mm-hmm. inner Saul. Right. So and the Here first he is. you know, the first few years, um, I don't know the timeline, I don't I didn't get it in the timeline of Saul, but um, when Saul's first appointed, he does a good job as king. He you know makes some good decisions, but then um, then we covered when his heart kind of turned. As Saul is king, he's already made his name for himself for being kind of wrathful, having a little bit of a temper, just a um, little bit of a temper. So at, at the point where we get into the David relationship with Samuel, what happens is God tells Samuel, "I'm going to have you anoint my king." 
Right. And we know the story. He goes to he goes to Jesse's house. He pulls the seven brothers in and he says, Well, this one's a young strapping lad. That's this is who I would pick. And God says, I don't think so. Yeah. Don't go by appearance. Yeah. Don't I don't I'm not looking at the outside, I'm <laughs> looking at the inside. I want a man after my own heart. And so he gets through the seven sons and, and he says, Is that that it? Is that it? Oh well, I have someone else. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got this. I've got this other kid. other young lad. Um, I don't know the I don't know the the scripture on it, but I've heard a lot of a lot of popular belief that he was an illegitimate son. He was Jesse's son from a different wife, a different Something woman like from yeah. the seven brothers, and that's part of the reason why you have him out in the field. And they say, well, he's not because at sixteen he was a ruddy ruddy kid, right? Is what Samuel says. So no reason not to bring him in. But either way. Uh, that's that's neither here nor there. He brings him in. He says, "Okay, this is this is the guy." God says, "This is the guy. This is the guy. I'm going to anoint you." And at that point, the spirit of the Lord leaves Saul, comes on David. Samuel is then in this hard hard spot of, "Okay, well, I've anointed two kings. Right? Do I continue working with the first king, or do I stick with the second king?" And so he goes back and and does what he's supposed to do um, until it, he gets to the point that Saul has strayed so far from God's will that he can't be redeemed. Samuel stays with Saul. And then once he gets to that point, he says, God's not with you. I'm not going to continue to counsel you. Right. We talked about this in... But um, we also have to talk about when Saul needed a harpist. Mm-hmm. You know, Samuel is the one that went and brought in David to the court system. Gotcha. So so Samuel is working with Saul. Saul says, hey, I need somebody to calm these distressed spirits that are about me. Go find me a harpist. And so Samuel knowing that David plays the harp, seeks David out and brings David into Saul's court so that, one, he can learn how the courts run, how how his house runs, because David was raised in a field. Right. right? He's a shepherd. Right. He doesn't understand the politics behind being a king or, or the courts or anything. And so Samuel actually brings him in so that Saul can can have a harpist, but also so Samuel can work in and and train David in the ways of the court system. Right. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. The the other thing that <laughs> all in the background that he's already a king, right? And he's coming to bring him, set him this up. other king. You right. know, so yeah. Samuel is like protecting David in that way he's too, putting him in a mentorship spot. Right. The other side of that though is that not only did he set him up for success in that way, but it's kind of it's wise on Samuel's part to say, well, he's being tormented because the spirit of the Lord's not on him. Exactly. And so, what better <laughs> soothing for that than? Bring in the guy who's got the spirit of the Lord on him, and has right? the spirit of the Lord on him. <laughs> so, and I think it says a lot. I think that, it's pretty go- pretty awesome that God would do something like right. that. Right. So he brings know? him in, and then when Samuel stops counseling Saul, it's not a I'm not going to give you advice anymore because this guy's going to be king. Yeah. At, Samuel knows. Right. Right. But to protect David, he says, "I'm done." Right. And, and doesn't doesn't give anything to him, you know, because if he would have, then Saul would have had more ammunition right then. Right. Uh, because up until Saul dies, David's never done anything to cause him to really be angry with him. Other than... It's, it's all in Saul's head. Yeah. But had he said, this is the guy that's going to take over, then... I think I, both would have been dead. Right. So I think it's a, I think that's a big part of it. So I mean that's when Samuel when 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 Samuel left Saul stopped counseling Saul is when Saul really I mean began his distrust in David. Right. You know, and so and and that's that's when Saul began 
pursuing him, actively pursuing to kill him. Right. You know? Shortly shortly thereafter. Around the same right. time or shortly thereafter. Yeah. Now we're intertwining, which is why we wanted to do Jonathan and Nathan first and then right. come back to, to Samuel because it's hard to it's hard to go through all of this without touching on Jonathan and Nathan while we're they talking all about were intermingled Samuel. all at the right. same time. The so, whole time Samuel was bringing David into the right. courts. So at this point, now David goes on the run from Saul. Mm-hmm. And he does. When Jonathan tells him, no, you're right, you got to run, he, he goes on his own for a while, but then he ends up meeting, meeting back up with Samuel. In Samuel's home, yeah. yeah. In 1 Samuel 19, 18 to 23, he talks about how David sought protection at, from Saul at Samuel's house. And, and that, that's where we get into the story of the three waves of soldiers that came from Saul's army to kill David at, at Samuel's house. And all of them began began prophesying. Right. And in the third wave, Saul came and he began prophesying. Right. So God was protecting David in every type of aspect when Samuel was around him. Right. And so during this, after those three waves in Saul, Samuel opens the gate, lets him out. There's enough distraction that he gets him out so that he's safe. Yep. Why didn't he do that initially? <laughs> what were they? What do you think they were doing when when they're just hanging out? All these people coming in prophesying. Training. Right. You know? Yeah, so earlier you uh, alluded that Samuel was a gatekeeper earlier in his life. And so that's one of the things that was probably that was, you know, Samuel was training David on was was to enact the gatekeepers for the future of Israel. And so um, from there, that's where uh, uh, Samuel was training David to, to put his gatekeepers into place. Right. So, he's using that as not only protecting him from Saul, but he's also teaching him something that, only Samuel could teach him. Right. Right. And then that's, um, when I was reading about that, it says that it was it was enacted later after Samuel died. Right. Samuel um, had passed away at that time. David had become king. He brought that, that gate, gatekeeper position back. He had to have learned that. And he would have learned it from Saul. He I mean, Samuel. He wouldn't have learned it in the courtroom because Samuel couldn't have taught him that in front of Saul or else Saul would have said, well, why are you, why would you do that? Right. So <laughs> that had to have been in that timeline when they're, when God has put them back together to be able to impart wisdom to him. Right. At this point, we've seen Samuel anoints him, Samuel protects him, Samuel teaches him, Samuel mentors him or sets yeah. him up to be mentored. Maybe yeah. he didn't mentor him for on courtroom etiquette, but put him in the position to be mentored and to see how the king handles himself politically, how he handles himself right. um, through all of that stuff. That sounds like a good friend to have. Right. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Between the anointing and the protecting part, you you have that mentorship where you set him up for mentor. But shortly thereafter, he's out. You don't hear any interaction between Samuel and David anymore because Samuel is first attending to Saul and then is out of Saul's life. Right. And then David's out of Saul's life gotcha. too. Yeah. And so there's a, a pretty decent gap there between that time when he's anointed and that time that they get back together. I think that as the priest and as the man of honor that Samuel is, he's behind enemy lines. Yeah, he is he's, definitely. He's praying for David this whole time. He definitely. And so he's, he's a prayer warrior for David. <laughs> you know, for, for this king that is known for war and has killed thousands, even though you know, obviously David, David killed, killed 10,000 10, for this king that has such a good war record for him to miss three times with a spear. Right. I think that's a Samuel prayer right there. Yeah. yeah. So I think you've got Samuel in the backgrounds being a prayer warrior in his prayer closet on his knees, maybe even in his attic with the windows open. Who knows? Daniel reference. You got him praying in the background 
And he doesn't know if he'll ever see David again, but it's still what he needs to do to support his ally, to be the ally that he is by praying behind the scenes. And so I think when you look at these, these three or four different things, it shows us what we need to do. We need, or what we need to, to be successful. We need somebody that will help us find our calling Right. By giving, you know, yep. whether they're anointing yep. you for something right. or, or just helping you find your calling. Protect you. Protect you right. when, when times are tough. And that might not be take a bullet for you, take an arrow for you, but be there that when something's about to happen or something has happened, they can give you words of encouragement. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. <laughs> you know. Right. Hey, that was that was a pretty dumb financial move you just made. <laughs> you just you just dropped thousands of dollars into Dogecoin and it tanked. After Musk went on Saturday Night Live, mm. that sucks. That sucks. So let's be a better steward next time. You know, protecting so, you from even investments. Right. So <laughs> uh, then you have the teaching where, hey, I can impart my wisdom. So this is a mentorship thing. I can show you what to do when I'm gone. And then even when nobody's looking, you need somebody praying for you. Right. Uh, sometimes it's a parent. Sometimes it's a close friend. Sometimes it's a pastor. Sometimes it's just somebody from your church. Right. You know. You may not even know that you have an ally in the, in the background praying for you, but that is true. It's important. And yeah. so what we said at the end of last week is if you're going to get these things, how do you get them? By doing them. By doing, right? By leading by example. Exactly. You know, I mean, if you want to have friends that want to be really in your life as part of you, I mean, you've, you've got to be able to give that part away from, from yourself as well. Right. So, so you have to, you have to do this. Now it's not, um, it doesn't mean that you have to do all of these things. Uh, I think Samuel probably went above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a special anointing on his life. I think that he was a gift from God to his mother, but then for everyone that he touched throughout his lifetime. To, to put it all in a nice bow, you've got this ally that is hitting four or five different things. Jonathan, who's loyal, will put his neck on the line, stand up for you when nobody else will stand up for yep, you. Exactly. Take all kinds of risks to, to help you. Nathan, who will hold you accountable, has the boldness to call you out. Right. Hey, man. At the end of it, (laughs) honorable. Exactly. So you've got to have these things in your life. It doesn't necessarily have to come from the same person. You don't have to necessarily do all of these things. You just got to be a good friend. Right. But some (laughs) of these things, through walking as an ally, walking as a close friend, as you do any of these things, it's going to build that in you. And so at a certain time, you might be helping somebody realize their vision. Right. You might be protecting somebody. It doesn't mean that you necessarily are doing all of these things all the time for any one person. But when you look at Samuel's life, you see him doing this with multiple people. Right. And know? that's a tall order to, to be that for everybody. For, right. For, for, I mean, it, it's good. I right. mean, it's good to, to push towards that direction. But, I mean, like, like you're saying, I mean, one or two of these items from these three guys would be amazing in the friendships that you have today. Right. You know? Yeah, and you just want to be aware of this stuff because everybody's going to come to a crossroads where you get to make the decision, what's the right thing to do? And so you make you make that decision of, hey, I'm going to spend 15 minutes to help help this guy play 12 questions or 12 reasons why yeah. to find out what they want to do, what what God has ordained them to do, what their calling in life is. Or you say, yeah, man, changing careers is tough. Sorry. You know, I... <laughs> I remember when I remember when I left the grocery store and went to transportation. It was a tough transition. Yeah. Best of luck. Best of luck. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. You know. <laughs> Thanks. That's I appreciate not, that. 
that's not always what we need to do. You know, sometimes you have to make that tough decision that you're going to step in and you're going to say, Hey, yeah, let's talk about this. You know, it, it could be anything, but you're going to be presented with those opportunities and, and you need to make the decision that when I have this opportunity, I'm going to take it. It's not going to, I don't think that you're going to have anybody that, well, I wouldn't imagine you're going to walk in 15 years and look back and say, you know, Blake was this, 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 all nine of these qualities. Right. That's not that's not how how God ordained that. Right, I agree. That's not how he set it up with David. It's not how he set it up with other people in the Bible. We'll go through some other stuff. With David, he had multiple people. These are just three that, that we can get a lot of info about. Exactly. I'm sure there were other people speaking into David's life. Right. You know? So you're going to see this in, in other people. And you may, you may do one thing for one person, and it could make a huge impact for the rest of their life. But you have to make that decision to do it when you're presented with it. you got to lead by the Spirit. Right. Be led by the Spirit. And that's, uh, I think that's, that's kind of the, the mantra for Samuel. He, you see him doing multiple of these things. You know, we can, we can put a title, we can put accountability brother on Nathan. Right. And we can put trusted friend, protector, you know, Mm -hmm. you can put a a real good title on Jonathan. But with Samuel, it's like, this guy did a lot. He did. Um, Calling, protection, teaching, prayer warrior. So you've got, you know. Leader, counselor. Right. (laughs) You've got all these things that, you know, big shoes to fill if you're trying to step into them. This isn't for you to sit back and say, well, I can never, you know, I can never fill Samuel's shoes or I'm never going to have a friend like Samuel. It may take four people to be Samuel to you. Right. And you may and, be, and that's, that's and okay. you may be one of 10, you know, and you, fulfilling Samuel's role to somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's, a, that's a big thing to look into it. You've got, you've got to remember that you're gonna have multiple people in your lives. You, we're going to go through a lot of allies in this, a lot of different people. You're going to see a lot. We're going to see some of the same stuff repeated with different people. We're also going to see that everybody doesn't have just one person. And I think that's one of the important things. That's why I'm so glad we started off with this series. Because, it was a good one. Yeah, because you've got <laughs> David who, at a minimum, has three people that is talked that are talked about substantially mm-hmm. um, that have had big impacts through his entire life. And Nathan met him when he was in his 30s, right? 30s? Yep. yep. Jonathan, Jonathan met him when he was earlier, uh, a little bit earlier than that. Twenties, yeah, twenties. And Samuel knew him from fifteen, Samuel sixteen. Him at, yeah, when he anointed him king. Fifteen or sixteen. So yeah. it was prior to David and Goliath, and so Samuel's involved with him his entire life, which that's yeah. that's big. You know, that's big to have somebody. I don't. We we initially called this the three friends that David had. Um, I don't think that there would be any qualms with David calling Samuel a friend. Right, but probably more like a mentor. It'd be more like a mentor, <laughs> like that father figure. Yeah, um, somebody truly guiding him through his kingdom. Because I mean, this kid had no idea what, right? What he, how to do what he was going to do. Right, He's and got I, the calling of the Lord on him, and he gets anointed. But right, okay, now what do I do? I need right. some instruction. Exactly. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we didn't get to see what David's reign would have been like. With, with Samuel, Samuel right. alive, because Samuel yeah. died before David became king. I don't think for a second that Samuel wasn't a big part of David being as successful as he was. I think Samuel being involved um, early in David's life really helped him stay stay on the track. Stay the course. Yeah. We talked about the Israelites having a hard time staying on track. David was an Israelite. You know, He proved time and time again that, <laughs> David was, that he was made of flesh. Off track sometimes. But I think having Samuel's wisdom there and learning made it a lot easier for him. I think part of the reason David was successful in joining the kingdoms, joining Israel and Judah. Right. Uh, we mentioned that in 
the Nathan episode, I think. I think so. Where he was he was the king of Judah and then and then anointed was king anointed of king or was appointed as king of Israel. So he combined the twelve tribes together. Right. As opposed to just being in charge of a, a portion. I think a lot of that probably comes down to the gatekeeper mm-hmm. thing, appointing that, because that that's a big thing. Um, when you look into the gatekeeper situation, it's it's not just one tribe that becomes a gatekeeper and has it's the keys to the cities. And 212 of them, I think he appointed. Right. So huge deal. Um, and him bringing that back, I think, would was a big help. And that would, would have solely been... All because of Samuel. Samuel said, "Hey, this is important." Yeah, so exactly, I think when you look when you look back at David's life, uh, Nathan's really important, Jonathan's really important, but Samuel set the foundation for those two to be able to have an impactful life. Like Samuel right. was an umbrella, right? You know, covering the entire yeah. So if you wanted to put if you wanted to put a name on Samuel, he would he would have been David's umbrella. Yeah, I think, I think that's sure. a good way to look yeah. at it. He covered him, man. <laughs> yeah, he did for sure. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Salt and Rock. We really hope that you enjoyed the material that we brought for you today. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to email us at saltplusrock at gmail.com. That's S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe.